Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Friday, September 1st. Our top story today may sound familiar. There are no trains running across Kent today as members of the ASLEF union are again out on strike. It's the latest in a run of industrial action that's been taking place since June last year in a dispute over pay. Mick Whelan is the head of the union that represents train drivers. Well, like all key workers, we went to work during the pandemic. Uh, we didn't seek a pay rise during the pandemic. We got other key works to work. We moved food and medicines around the country. And then post the pandemic, when inflation started increasing, we sought a pay rise. We found out that uh, the people that we worked for had made £500 million during the pandemic, um, had done a deal with the government not to offer us a pay rise. So here we are now four in some companies virtually heading towards five years without a pay deal. And what have talks been like with um, the government and the rail delivery group um, since the last train strikes? Have there been any at all? No, um, I've never been involved in such a deceitful, dishonourable process in my life. Um, and haven't seen the transport minister since last December. Haven't seen the rail minister since the deceitful deal that wasn't a deal that was put out behind our backs in January. And haven't seen the RDG since the last farce in April. Uh, the delivery group told us um, uh, that the average driver, the offer, would uh, inc- increase to nearly £65,000 um, by the end of this year. That sounds like a lot of money to the average person. Again, you know, they do the politics of envy stuff. Do they put out the the performance bonuses of the managers? Do they put out the share options of the managing directors? Do they mention the fact that they're making hundreds of millions of pounds off the taxpayer and paying dividends to their shareholders? Well, not paying any pay rises to the people that are generating it and making their lives less safe by doing things like closing ticket offices. I mean, what they've started is this massive policy, politics of envy campaign. Um, no one ever gave us anything. The salaries we generated have been based on productivity and flexibility that we've given. Um, now they would like us to give all billions of pounds of flexibility away for a 20% pay cut. In what world would anybody do that? And what would you say to um, businesses across, um, we're in Kent, uh, across Kent, who have been impacted by these train strikes? I quite often speak to some businesses in um, Margate, uh, uh, southeast, and operate um, there. And they say on train strikes days, particularly in the summer, they lose vital revenue from businesses. What would you say to, to those businesses? Well, I would say to them that I don't have a problem in Scotland. I don't have a problem in Wales. We don't have a problem in freight. We don't have a problem in open access. We don't have a problem in the Eurostar. We don't have a problem in the Elizabeth line. We've done 14 pay deals in the last year. This is an ideological Westminster-driven problem. And because it's a political dispute, not an an industrial dispute, maybe they should direct their ire at the politicians, at the Department of Transport, at the ministers and at the RDG. There'll be more disruption tomorrow as members of the RMT union are walking out with a limited service running on Southeastern. It comes as a consultation on plans to close ticket offices at most of Kent's railway stations comes to an end today. Southeastern say more of us are using ticket machines or buying tickets online instead. Labor's parliamentary candidate for Gillingham and Raynham, Nashaba Khan, has been speaking to our colleague Abby Hook on KMTV. Well, I'm against the move of closing our ticket offices because it 
has such a huge impact on communities across Kent and particularly in Gillingham and Raynham. Um, Gillingham, as many people will know, is a really cool station that is providing services to the hospital, to um, universities um, and to a football stadium. And people there really do need to use a ticket office. We've got lots of people who don't have access online. Um, we've got a number of disabled passengers who've also said they're really concerned about what this will mean for them. Um, and it really raises some concerns around passenger safety, but also jobs within the um, rail industry and the longer term support that customers who are using trains get. Southeastern have told us uh, Mark Bonnie, um, the general manager, said they're planning to introduce travel centres at 14 of the busiest stations, accessible access, providing face-to-face -face services in Rochester, Margate and Ashford. They say the locations have been carefully considered by the number of people using these ticket offices. So there will still be that face-to-face -face support. Well, firstly, the work, the consultation that the unions have had with South Eastern have shown that those travel centres really aren't what they say on the tin. No one's quite sure what they're actually going to be able to do. Um, and actually, they sound a lot like they won't be anything like a ticket office or the service that's currently been provided by a ticket office. Secondly, a office in Rochester is going to do very little for residents who live in Gillingham, who live in Raynham, who live in Chatham, because they need that support and they're able to access somebody at the station a lot earlier on than by the time they get to Rochester. And the jobs as well, that's a key part here. The employees affected will be offered training to move into these multi-skilled sort of customer host roles. Surely that's, that's good, they're providing the jobs? Again, Southeastern have said a lot that doesn't really mean or say anything. No one really knows what that means and the unions are really against this because they know it's a longer term programme around cutting back staff but also saving costs and that's what's really driving this rather than customers. What are you asking them to do instead? What do you propose the solution is? Well, I don't see any reason why the ticket offices need to close because they're providing a vital service. Actually, our stations need to be better staffed and people need to be much more easily able to buy tickets. If they do want people to use the machines more, they need to make sure that they're working because often they're not and that people, they're simple to use and they're not always are. I think the rail industry really needs to look at how it's working because Labour's got plans for how we can look at it again. But clearly at the moment, all we see is ticket prices going up and up and up and the services that customers receive um, going down. So something's got to change. The move has received a lot of criticism, including from local disability groups. Joanne Howcroft-Scott is disabled and lives in Midway. I think it's not just going to impact the dis disabled community, but the whole community. Disabled people are at a disadvantage because, I have to say, the machines are not as accessible as they can be. Sometimes they don't work. Often they give you really expensive tickets, like at the beginning of the summer holidays, I went to see my nephew up in Blackpool by train, doing it at the machine because the ticket office was having a comfort break, and it was going to cost me nearly £400 return, and I've got a rail card, a disabled rail card. Fortunately, the machine didn't work, and the ticket office opened, and I got the same ticket for a £134 return. So someone's making a killing. And also, isn't that just an example of when technology doesn't work? You know, I faffed with it, it's not easy, I'm arthritic, and it, it's a struggle for me. But in terms of antisocial behaviour, you know, look at the guys operating the ticket offices. They act as a deterrent. You know, I've had a lot of abuse for being disabled, and I've had to get the police involved, 
and you think, well, there are people around and they're in uniform, they act as a deterrent. And also, you know, we learned from the pandemic that, that actually the scourge in our society is loneliness. And if you take away interactions with people or to make ticket offices, then, you know, some people don't have any interactions and we're social beings. So it, it's a whole plethora of an knock-on effect really and also the southeastern sent me this app and they want me to use this app to book my journeys in advance well actually i'm a human being my diary as a busy foster mum doesn't work in advance sometimes you know if the day's sunny i want to go to ramsgate and i can't do that in advance and book assistance so it's actually people that help me not machines kent online reports we're just days away from the start of the new school year, but teachers, parents and students have been warned it may not all be smooth sailing. More than 100 schools across England are having to make emergency plans after being forced to close buildings due to faulty concrete. Five sites in Kent already took action earlier this year and it's understood no more will be affected. The material is prone to collapse and concerns were initially raised after a roof fell down at a school in Gravesend in 2018. Also making news today, a Kent police officer has been charged with misconduct after allegedly sending inappropriate text messages to a witness. PC Jake Sales is also accused of drafting an inaccurate witness statement and falsifying an electronic signature. The 29-year-old, who's based in Margate, is due in court next Wednesday. Now, this comes just a day after it was announced the government is introducing rules to automatically sack Met police officers who are guilty of gross misconduct. It's in response to a series of incidents, including the murder of Sarah Everard in 2021 by serving police officer Wayne Cousins from Deal. A Margate man has been sent to prison after being found guilty of committing sexual offences against two boys. Jair Klein was arrested after two men came forward to say they'd been assaulted more than a decade ago. The 55-year-old from Majestic Court will spend the next 10 years behind bars. A sitting bond man's been jailed for 26 years after attacking his estranged wife with a knife and a hammer. Matthew Breaker waited for her to get back from a Christmas party before carrying out the assault last December. The 47-year-old from Swan Street Avenue was convicted of attempted murder and will serve another four years on licence. A pensioner has appeared in court after launching a racist tirade at a job centre in Folkestone. Martin Marsh, who lives in the town, unleashed a barrage of abuse towards an employee after being told he didn't qualify for certain benefits. The 66-year-old from Longhorn Gardens was handed a six-week suspended prison sentence. Kent Online reports. There's some bad news for Wilco staff in Kent as it's understood a bid to buy the business has fallen through. A private equity firm called M2 Capital was hoping to take over the discount chain and its stores, including the 13 in the county, but the deal is off after talks with administrators. However, it is also understood that they're not planning to close any of the stores at this stage. A report out today has found Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells NHS Trust still requires improvement. Inspectors visited in March and April to check on the safety and quality of healthcare services. They praised the leadership team and compassion of staff, but raised concerns about some aspects of end-of-life care. A Kent mum is angry after paying for her daughter's bus pass, only for the service she used to be cancelled. Jackie Hardcastle lives in Harrietsham and her daughter Emily normally catches the 10x stagecoach service to school in Ashford. She spent £450 on the KCC Travel Saver Pass and says there's no other buses available. Stagecoach say the decision is based on power. 
passenger data. A warning for pet owners now. A dog has been injured after cutting her nose on a disposable barbecue left on Ramsgate Beach. Labrador Tia had to be taken to the vets and her owner is urging people not to leave litter behind. Thanet councils say the disposable kits are banned on their beaches. Now, a video has gone viral after a strewed man found a mouse in his Chinese takeaway. Sam Haywood made the grim discovery in a tub of mushroom noodle soup. The restaurant in question is denying any involvement. You can see the footage at Kent Online, but be warned, it's pretty disgusting. Kent Online reports. A Kent TikToker claims people are pretending to be travellers and damaging the reputation of the genuine community. Martin Ward from Northfleet, who's got an Irish traveller background, reckons wannabes are offensive and making discrimination even worse. The 29-year-old also claims they're taking traditional traveller jobs and living space on council sites. Several rundown industrial units in Ashford are going to be demolished to make way for a new warehouse. Some of the vacant sites at the Grove Business Park have been taken over by trespassers and left covered in rubbish. It's hoped the renovation will create new jobs and opportunities for businesses. The charred remains of a former pub in Ramsgate are set to be demolished to make way for new houses. The Chilton Tavern was damaged by fire in 2019 and now developers want to build four family-sized properties. The project on Pegwell Road has been given the green light despite objections from neighbours. Some sad news for regulars of a pub in Seven Oaks now with the news a popular landlady is retiring to be with her husband after he was diagnosed with a terminal illness. Jackie Moxham first started working for the Checkers in Cray Road before taking over the running of the business in 2016. But husband Neil has been told he has terminal cancer and they say now is the time to sell up and spend what quality time they have left together. 59-year-old Jackie has been speaking to reporter Cara Simmons. I've owned it for seven years, but I've been here 14 years overall. So I worked here for two previous landlords and then, yeah, decided we took it over in August 2016. This was the first pub we've taken over. So, yeah, so we'd worked here for six years. Well, I worked here because Neil had his own job. So a lot of the time you weren't even in the country because we worked abroad a lot. So I was sort of like trying to run a pub. Three children upstairs. Say children, they were in their 20s, weren't they, at the time. Then their girlfriends moved in. (laughs) So at one point there was eight of us living up there, I think. Two, four, six, eight. Yeah, Yeah, eight of us up there. Plus a dog. We've had... We've met thousands of people over the time we've been here. And I can honestly say there's been some fantastic customers we've had come in. We've had, um, what was his name? Adamant's been in. Yeah. Yes, we've had Adamant in here. Um, He's sat right where you're sitting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We've done weddings, lots of funerals. We've done christenings. We've done baby showers. I'm now on my third bout of cancer. So... That's the final one. Yeah, it was six um, years ago you had a heart attack. From the heart attack they detected he had Hodgkinson lymphoma. So you had chemo treatment yeah. for that. So it's it's been getting harder and harder. So beginning of this year I thought, okay, time to time to sell up, spend what quality time we have together. Mm-hmm. And like I say, he's been fighting it over a year now. Yeah. So yeah, still going strong. There's a lady called Louise Dawson that's going to be taking over. It's her with her with her family that are involved. And, uh, yeah, she used to actually work for me seven years ago. So she's, a, again, another local lass. Um, yeah, lovely girl. She's moving in with her family upstairs. We've had so many lovely comments about how we've turned the pub around, how we've made it a community pub again. But you get to a stage where you think, no, we've, 
had enough now. You know, we've we got a bit of time left. Well, I have. <laughs> it's it's time to it's time to be time. selfish now. Yeah. It's time yeah. to be selfish and spend time. Go and live in Barbados or Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. You know, we've sort of like been the community for the last seven years, the happy face, I come in and everything like that and don't get it's been fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Loved every minute of it. And I'm gonna miss it so much. Cry. <laughs> Jackie says her time at the Checkers has been fantastic and she's loved every minute, but they'll be moving to Snodland to be closer to family. Her last day is yet to be confirmed, but it is expected to be within the next two to three weeks. Kent Online reports. The new man in charge in Medway says he's already proud of what they've achieved in the first 100 days. Labor took control of the authority from the Conservatives at the last local election. Leader Vince Maple says he's pleased with how they're supporting residents through the cost of living crisis. The next challenge will be to reduce a £17 million budget overspend. An Ashford restaurant has been added to the prestigious Michelin Guide less than a year after it opened. Boys Hall in Willisborough started to welcome guests last September after a husband and wife team started renovating in 2019. And lifeboat volunteers at RNLI Whitstable have won a prestigious award for saving a father and child from the water. The team have been recognised for Rescue of the Year after saving the paddleboarder and four-year-old from the water near Laysdown last year. Kent Online reports. And now with a look at what's happening in the county, it's Sam Laurie. The summer's almost over. In fact, some people are already stocking up on Halloween supplies and autumnal decor. But there's still one last chance to have a full-on summer blowout this weekend before the kids go back to school. We've got lots of great ideas for you, so let's start with one of the biggest events taking place in Kent this weekend. Faversham Hop Festival returns to the market town on Saturday and Sunday, with huge crowds expected to turn up and enjoy the live bands, local beer and family fun. There will be pop-up bars, indoor and outdoor stages, street food and craft stalls, a children's funfair and Morris dancers, as well as a full schedule of live music from tribute bands to local talent. It's all free to enter and it takes place all over town, but those who are travelling in from outside of Faversham are being advised to park at the main car park at the Abbey School, as parking will be extremely limited due to the train strikes. And that's not the only beer festival that will be affected by the rail strikes this weekend, as the Camera East Morling Beer and Cider Festival is also expecting some disruption. However, nothing stands between the guys at camera and a decent pint of ale, so organisers have put on several additional shuttle bus routes that will get punters to and from the venue on Saturday. The buses will go from the usual train stations, as well as a number of new stops, and the full timetable is online. Once you've arrived at the festival, you can enjoy more than 70 real ales and 30 ciders, along with live music and food. And finally, if that's not enough, you can also head to the Racecourse Sports Ground for the Tunbridge Food and Drink Festival on Saturday and Sunday. There will be stalls selling local produce, sweet treats and cuisine from all over the world over the two days. Now, if your kids need some live entertainment to keep them happy over the weekend, there's some fantastic outdoor family theatre worth checking out. Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice will be at Tunbridge Castle on Friday, while the Sheriff of Nottingham and his band of merry men will be galloping into the Chatham Dockyard on Saturday for a production of Robin Hood. It's then back to another Jane Austen classic as Sense and Sensibility will be at Warmer Castle on Sunday. Tickets for all three shows are available online. Now, speaking of theatre, the exciting new climate change-themed show The Trials is still at the Marlowe Theatre until Saturday. It's an original production adapted by the Kent Theatre that tackles the climate change debate with a cast of young actors, many of whom are from the local area. 
and sticking with the Marlowe, fans of Richard O'Brien's Rocky Horror Show might want to book their tickets now as the Rock and Roll Musical will be at the theatre next week. The show is full of musical hits, including, of course, the Time Warp, wacky characters and ad-libs from the audience that makes for a truly unique night out. It's in Kent from Monday until next Saturday. As I said, there are plenty of ways to make sure that your summer goes out with a bang. So whatever you get up to this weekend, we hope it's one to remember. Kent Online Sport. Football now, and it's a trip north for Gillingham in League Two this weekend. They'll be looking to recover from last Saturday's shock. 3-0 defeat to Colchester, which ended their perfect start to the season. Here's striker Tom Nichols. There's definitely um, a lot of positives to take from the other night. Um, we gave gave a really good account of ourselves, I thought. I mean, it's Premier League club at the end of the day. Um, a lot of those players are, are going to play in the Prem for them this year. And we ran them really close in the end. I mean, I think we had them on the ropes the last sort of 10, 15 minutes. So, yeah, we, there's a lot of positives to take. Um, obviously, we don't like losing games. But, yeah, we, we gave a really good account of ourselves, I'd say. It was really unlike us, I'd say, the way we played at, at, at home the other day. Um, although we... We did all right for large spells. Um, losing three at homes, it's not what, not what we like. And yeah, it's uh, even though we lost, we I thought we bounced back, back really well actually. Um, and we've done that quite well since I've been here. Especially if we've had a, a tough result, we've seemed to bounce back pretty quickly. And we'll be looking to do that um, Saturday away at Grimsby. But that's going to be a tough game. Um, but yeah, we'll go there with a game plan and hopefully keep up the away form. Tomorrow's hosts are currently 15th in the table while the Jills are up in second. That's all from us today. Thank you ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.